Hello, this is uh, Pastor Jeb Archie of First United Methodist Church, and this is a re-preaching of the sermon delivered on Sunday, August 14th. Uh, inadvertently, little did I know, my microphone battery died halfway through, and so half of it wasn't recorded. So uh, here's the scripture, and then also the message. The scripture comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, and it says, Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged, it's me. Do not be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened and he began to sink. He shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be God's son. This is the word of God for us, uh, the people of God. And we say thanks be to God. Today we're wrapping up our sermon series where we have been using the movie Moana uh, to help us getting uh, to think about our faith and to help us to, to get to thinking about how it means or what it means for us to live as followers of Jesus Christ. And so each week over the last four, we viewed a clip or two from the movie, and we have connected that clip with uh, Scripture and what it means for us to live as Christians. And so uh, the first week we looked at the call of Moana. She was called to something greater uh, that caused her to, to look outward from the Polynesian island that her and her family lived on, and she was looking outward into the ocean. Moana had someone who helped her to see that she was the one uh, to uh, answer and respond to the call, which in the movie is to replace this heart, this small green stone, to an island called Tefiti. And each time Moana heard the call, she asked the question, Why me? Why me? Am I the one able to do it? And so in our scripture that week, we compared Moana's call to the call of Moses in the burning bush. As Moses approached the burning bush, as he was keeping the flocks of his father-in-law Jethro, uh, he saw the bush burning and he heard the voice of God telling him or, or talking to him where God told him that he had heard the cry of the Hebrews, the Israelites in Egypt. And God was going to lead Israel from Egypt, but he was going to need a mouthpiece and a leader. And that person was Moses. So Moses was supposed to go. He was supposed to speak to the Pharaoh and he was supposed to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And there in the wilderness, as he stood before the burning bush, two times Moses tried to tell God he's not the one. First, he was uh, unable, to, he was just not able to do it. He was ill-equipped, he was not the one. And first time God said, that's okay, trust me, I'll be with you. Second time Moses, you know, said, uh, I'm unable to speak, I can't speak in public, my voice, I, I need something, someone. And God said, that's okay, 
I'll go with you. And we know God sent Aaron, his brother, with him, and, and, and they went together. But God ultimately said, this is what you need to do, and you need to trust me as you do it. And, and so we talked about how Moses' call and Moana's call is so very much like our own but also different. I mean, you and I have never uh, had a burning bush that we have stood before. But I think often when we feel called, we feel uh, ill-equipped for what God is calling us to do. However, if we are like Moses and we place our trust in God, we can and do know that God is with us. The second week, we looked at the power of story as we talked about uh, the book of Nehemiah and as we looked at Moana's story. In Moana, in the movie, she realized or eventually learned that the story that she had been told from her father, that they as a people had never gone past the reef that protected their island and created a, a safer lagoon from which they fished and did other things, was not exactly true. What Moana had to learn and what she eventually learned in the story was that her people had been an ancient seafaring people. And that's how they had ended up on the island that they were on is because they had set out across the waves to explore the Pacific. And they had gone out and found these islands. And, and so Moana's story, for her to answer her call, she had to learn her real story, her true story, the story of her people, which is what she was being called to do. And so that Sunday we looked also at the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an Old Testament book that uh, sets, takes place initially in Babylon where Nehemiah is the cupbearer of the king. And Nehemiah hears of uh, the plight or the situation of the people in Jerusalem who were dealing in a city that was broken, in a city that had been torn apart after the siege of the Babylonians and when it had fallen. And so Nehemiah had gone to the king and the king had seen his, his face, and he said, what's wrong? And Nehemiah shared with him the plight of Jerusalem, and the king allowed him to go to see what was happening. Eventually, Nehemiah helped to lead the people to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Even amongst opposition, he helped the people to begin to, to see why they were there. And Nehemiah realized that for them to know why they were there and for them to really live in the way that they were supposed to live, they had to know their story as well. They had to know this, the story of, of who they were as the people of Israel that had been delivered from slavery and who had traveled across the wilderness and who now resided in this place, not by coincidence or chance, but because God had put them in this place. And so they had to know why they lived in this city. And they had to know about God and his faithfulness. And so when the city walls were completed, a large platform was built and Nehemiah had a man named Ezra stand up and read the story of Israel to the people so that they could know their story and they could know the story of God and they could stay connected. And that's what we have to do is we have to know our own story. Knowing that all of us who are different, who have big, different backgrounds and, and different places of origin that, that have brought us together, we have to remember that our story is the story of Jesus. And that's the only story that matters when it comes to our faith. A story of faith and of hope and of love and of sacrifice and of forgiveness and of resurrection. The story that God gives us through his son, Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at uh, 2 Kings chapter 2, which is the story of Elijah and Elisha and Moana. 
In Moana's story, we saw that uh, her grandmother was always with her. And after she set out into the ocean, Moana knew that her grandmother was with her. And then also she had Maui that traveled with her. Both individuals provided her encouragement and helped her not to be alone. And in her grandmother's case, it was to help her to make the decision that what she was being led to do, she needed to do. And in Maui's case, it was once they sat out on the ocean, he began to, to teach her to sail, to look to the stars for orientation, to feel the current and to know where they are going, to tie the knots and to do all the things she needed to do in order to navigate the ocean on her, sh her boat. In 2 Kings, it's similar to that. Elijah had been a prophet of, of God for, for many years in the northern kingdom of Israel. Elijah's ministry was ending, and God was going to take him up into heaven. And so as Elijah traveled from city to city, he, he had called another named Elisha to, to travel with him. And so as they traveled together, Elijah realized that it was time, and so he told Elisha to stay. And let him go on. He did this three times. And each time he said this to Elisha, Elisha told him, in a paraphrase, yeah, that's great, you're still alive, I'm going with you. See, friends, Elisha did this, not because he knew that Elijah needed him to do anything, but he did this because he knew that Elijah needed support and encouragement even as he was facing the unknown that was before him. Even as he was facing this unknown of, of knowing that God was going to take him up into heaven, but, but um, to, to make sure that he knew that, that he was not alone, that Elisha was traveling there with him and Elisha wasn't going to let him be. This is the same support and encouragement that you all need. It's the same support and encouragement that all of us need. As we realize the value that we receive from being a part of the Christian community. And, and what has stuck with me as I've thought about that, that message is that um, that's one of the ways that the evil one works. Against you and I. As the evil one works by getting us to think and to feel that, that we don't need the Christian community. And so we may actively choose uh, to to not be a part of the community of faith. We may actively choose not to, to pursue a relationship with Jesus and, and listen to, to the evil one's voice that tells us, oh no, you can do it fine, you can do it on your own. Or we might drift away. And drifting away is not necessarily an active choice, but it's one of those things that, that just over time, you, know, you, you, just, you, you do it less and less until all of a sudden you turn around and you go, wait. I'm not where I want to be or I'm not where I need to be. And then the evil one plants the voice of doubt in our minds that says, well, no one else needs you either. So you're strong. You know, you just do it on your own. Friends, we're created to be in community. And we need that relationship with each other. We need others journeying with us on the in the faith to help hold us accountable, to help push us on, to help us to, to realize and see that, that we are not alone and that this faith journey, while, while alone, is something that we do together. And so today as we're wrapping up the movie, uh, we're going to be, in the, the sermon we are watching the portion of the movie where Moana sets out into the ocean on her own. She goes out and crosses the reef 
and sets out on to uh, respond to the call that, that, that has been placed on her heart to go and return the heart of Tafiti. So in the movie, she, she leaves and she gets into this storm that eventually leads her to where she needs to be, which is the island of Maui. But for her to get there, she has to step out of her comfort zone. She has to step out of the safety of her island and, and really she has to take a risk. And she had to take a risk because she knew that uh, for her to accomplish her task, she couldn't wait. She couldn't wait for a special person to come to provide an answer. She couldn't wait for any directions to come for the perfect time, sometimes in faith. And, and in her story, we just have to step out and we have to go. And in going, that's how we discover where we need to be. And so for Moana, it took her to the, uh, the island where Ma Maui was. And then eventually she was able to return the heart of Tafiti. But the thing is, and the thing that I want us to remember from this, is that nothing would have happened if she didn't actually decide to get on the boat and just go. She had to. And you know, that's a lot like our gospel reading this week, which comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Peter had to do this too. He had to step out of the boat. He had to walk across the water towards Jesus. He had to go. Our gospel reading comes from uh, Matthew 14, and it falls uh, exactly in the middle of the gospel of Matthew. And in our reading in the chapter before, Jesus has just learned of, of the imprisonment of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, if you remember with me, is the cousin of Jesus. He's baptized Jesus. He's been going about in ministry and, and preaching and teaching and pointing the eyes of those who listen to him and saying, you know, that someone greater is going to come behind me who, who is going to bring salvation and bring life. And so Jesus has learned of John the Baptist's imprisonment. And upon hearing this news, it tells us in Matthew that he withdraws in a boat to get away from the crowds and the disciples in order to pray by himself. Now, as Jesus' ministry has grown, you know, it, it has become evident that wherever he goes, it's only a short amount of time until people begin to realize where he is or they discover where he is or they find where he is. And, and via word of mouth, it spreads and people begin to seek him out. And so that's, that's the same thing in this story in Matthew 13. So people have figured out where Jesus is. And so as word of mouth has spread, they begin to walk to locate him in order to hear, hear any teachings he might offer. And as the day is nearing its end, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, you know, you need to release the crowd so that they can go find food. And there Jesus had compassion on them. He took five loaves, two fish. He blessed it and fed the multitude, even having enough for 12 baskets of food to be collected as leftovers. And here's the passage of scripture we're looking at today. Is that after the crowds ate, Jesus put the disciples in a boat and sent them to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He dismissed the crowds and then he went back up onto the mountain to spend time in prayer. Matthew writes, meanwhile, the boat fighting a strong headwind was being battered by the waves and was already far from land. Very early in the morning, Jesus came to his disciples. Why, Jesus has spent the night praying. The disciples have spent the night being tossed about in the waves and wind. Now, if you look and if you uh, take some time at some point to look at a picture of the Sea of Galilee, we might call it a sea, but it's really not a very large body of water. 
But it's in this place that the disciples have spent the entire night in fear and in uncertainty. And then the scripture tells us in the fourth watch, which means early in the morning, the disciples see Jesus walking on the water towards their boat. They're terrified. They shouted, it's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. It's Jesus, but early in the morning, they're fearful. Because they don't know what is happening, and they don't know what was coming. That is until they hear the voice. The voice of Jesus that can calm their fears. The voice of Jesus that offers salvation and forgiveness later in Matthew's gospel. This is the same voice that that calls out to the disciples and says, don't worry, that's me. This is the same voice that says to the disciples, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is the same voice that sends the disciples out at the end of Matthew's gospel with the great commission telling them to go forth and to proclaim his word, to proclaim his name. And it's the same voice that spoke out on the cross. As Jesus looked down at those who crucified him and said, Father, save them, for they know not what they do. Friends, this is the voice that the disciples hear. It's a voice that says, don't be encouraged. It's me, don't be afraid. And so Peter's doing Peter things, and he responds to Jesus by saying, Lord, if it's you, order me to come out in the water. And so Jesus says, come. Upon hearing that word, Peter steps out onto the water and begins walking towards Jesus. See, he's walking across the water, and I think we need to take note at what it is that actually made Peter get afraid. Because Matthew doesn't tell us that it's the water that he's walking on that made him afraid. In fact, it isn't the fact that the water still has waves on it because the storms are still blowing. Matthew writes that when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. And as he began to sink is when he cried out, Lord, rescue me. But see, friends, for him to be rescued, he had to step out of that boat. And in him stepping out, he shows us what it is like to be caught between faith and doubt. He shows us what it's like to to make that step, to be willing to step out of the boat until the, the small voice of doubt works its way in. For Peter, the voice of doubt was, look at the wind. Surprisingly, not look down at the water, you're, you know, or, or look at the waves, but it was look at the wind. And see, for us, it's the same thing. It's the voice that tells us you can't do that. Or the voice that says, are you sure you can do that? Or the voice that says, do you think you have the talent, the skills, the gifts, whatever it is, to do what you need to step out of the boat to do? 
I think the voice is different for all of us. But the intent of the voice, as it said to us, is to get the same outcome from each of us, which is to have doubt. Doubt that catches your attention and says, don't focus on me. Focus on the top of the waves. Doubt that causes us to stop and to, to not focus on Jesus, but to instead focus on, on the, th- the, the things that are blowing around us because of the wind. Doubt that causes us to stop. To stop trusting. To stop walking. And to start sinking. But even when we have that doubt, even when we're sinking, we still have the opportunity to call on our Savior. Peter called out to Jesus because he believed and he was lifted out of the water. We can call out on Jesus. Because we believe. And we know that he'll help to lift us up and to journey with us in whatever place we are and in whatever situation we are in. Because he loves us and because he gave himself to die for us. So friends, when we feel like God is calling us to take that step, we have to take it. And in taking it, we can be assured in knowing that any time we call on the name of Jesus, He will be there. Thanks be to God. Amen.